Hi neighbors, in Monday night's virtual town board meeting, we heard an economic development update, reviewed an energy baseline audit of town facilities, reviewed a summary of the town's second quarter finances, appointed new committee members to CAPS, ACES, and the Superior Historical Commission, discussed the Boulder Creek Neighborhoods Rogers Farm Project, increased compensation for future mayors and trustees, adopted updated building codes, and discussed the scope of services for a new waste collection agreement for which an RFP will be issued later this year. Ready to find out more on what happened? As usual, you may read this post in written form, subscribe to the Laura for Superior podcast, or keep watching this video. During board reports, Mayor Pro Tem Mark Lasis and Trustee Kevin Ryan reported that they attended a meeting with the flight schools and suggested that a good next step to address airport noise complaints might be meeting with the Jefferson County Commissioners. In another popular topic, Town Manager Matt Magley reported that 88th Street is expected to reopen this Friday, with temporary striping measures in place for one more week until the permanent striping is completed. During public comment, resident Brad Walker provided some feedback on landing fees at Rocky Mountain Metropolitan Airport, suggesting that it not be a path we spend time pursuing, as collection would be problematic. Next, we heard a presentation from our economic development consultant, Adam Hughes of Better City. A few key callouts include that Bricksmore, the owner of the Superior Marketplace, is focused on tenant retention and capital management due to COVID-19, not planning the redevelopment of the Superior Marketplace. As one member of the board pointed out, similar marketplaces up and down US 36 are being redeveloped into housing, and our board has indicated that we do not want that to happen in Superior. We want a thriving downtown. The town retained consulting from Rocky Mountain Energy Management to complete an energy baseline audit of town facilities, including reviewing 79 Excel energy accounts that supply electricity to town buildings, treatment plants, irrigation equipment, streetlights, traffic lights, and field lights. Eric Fanger from Rocky Mountain Energy Management shared the findings in our board meeting Monday, which you can click through to my blog to view. Some key points include that the water treatment plant and wastewater treatment plants are two of our biggest energy users jointly using 57% of the electricity for the town. Today, on-site renewable energy only covers 15% of our usage, so this is clearly an opportunity area. I would really like to see us explore the addition of more solar energy generation in our town. With our strong Colorado sun, it's a no-brainer for saving money while also giving back to the planet. I was also happy that we discussed developing some energy goals for the town, now that we have a baseline of our current usage. As Mr. Fanger pointed out, what gets measured gets managed, and I think making it a point to measure our energy usage and track toward goals will help galvanize us toward action in increasing our use of renewable energy sources and decreasing our overall energy consumption. Next, our board unanimously passed the entire consent agenda, including meeting minutes, an intergovernmental agreement with Boulder County for administration of the 2020 general election, appointments of Jill Giordano to the CAPS Committee and Aaron Edwards to the Historical Commission, and a summary of the town's second quarter finances, which I've linked in my blog post. The Advisory Committee for Environmental Sustainability, or ACES, currently has two vacancies. At our last board meeting, we interviewed three potential candidates to fill those spots. Prior to Monday night's board meeting, we emailed our town clerk our votes for two candidates each. Mike Foster received seven votes, Tatiana Dotkanova received four votes, and David Pushak received three votes. Therefore, we passed a resolution appointing Mike Foster and Tatiana Dotkanova to ACES. Next, the board conducted an interview with resident Denise Bieber to potentially fill an open position on the Cultural Arts and Public Spaces, or CAPS Committee. 
I was disappointed to learn that Ms. Bieber had not attended any CAPS meetings, even though they're now virtual and available online. As I've stated in a previous meeting, this for me is a firm requirement to earn an appointment to a committee. If you haven't watched a meeting, how can you know for sure that you want to join that committee? We will vote on this appointment at our next board meeting. Next, an update on Boulder Creek Neighborhoods and Rogers Farm Project Phase 1. David Zinke from Boulder Creek Neighborhoods presented the update about the Rogers Farm development, which is on the west side of McCaslin across from downtown Superior. Phase 1 of the development was a use by right application, so that means Boulder Creek Neighborhoods did not need to come before the board for approval. However, the use by right did not allow Boulder Creek Neighborhoods to make a decision about how to use the town right-of-way where Douglas Street could potentially be ex extended. Click through to my blog to see a visual of what I'm talking about. Boulder Creek Neighborhoods has already begun building a pocket park on this right-of-way, though the board will not consider whether this should be a road or a park or something else until we continue the application for phase two of development at our August 24th meeting. Although Boulder Creek's neighborhood's decision to move forward without board approval was concerning. This was very difficult for us to discuss because of the pending application, since we can't discuss pending applications outside of a notice public hearing. Next, item seven, compensation for the mayor and board of trustees. As identified in the Superior Municipal Code, the monthly compensation for the mayor is $750 and for each trustee is $500. These have been the monthly compensation levels since 2017. However, upon comparing our board salaries to those of neighboring towns, our superior town board compensation is well below our peers, in spite of the fact that our board meetings are typically longer than those of neighboring municipalities. The original proposal from town staff was increasing mayoral pay to $1,100 per month and trustee pay to $900 per month. However, that would still put Superior below most of our peers, and since we wouldn't be able to propose another increase for two years, I was concerned this will cause Superior to continue to lag. Trustee Ken Lish proposed increasing mayoral pay to $1,500 per month and trustee pay to $1,200 per month, which I supported, but this did not pass. Instead, we passed the original proposal by a vote of 6 to 1, with Trustee Lish as the dissenting vote. It should be noted that we were not voting on our own races. The Superior Municipal Code requires that compensation not be increased during a term of office. Therefore, any pay increases would only go into effect for the three trustees elected by you, the voters, in the November 3rd election. On that note, during her discussion of a potential salary increase, Trustee Sandy Hammerly made a speech to announce that she will not be seeking re-election in November and detailed some of her reasons why. This year, trustees Hammerly, Ryan, and Lasis could potentially be up for re-election, but only Mayor Pro Tem Lasis has declared his candidacy so far. With trustee Hammerly deciding not to run for re-election, that means there will need to be at least one brand new board member following the election. If you're interested in serving, you'll need to pick up a candidate petition from town clerk Phyllis Harden and return it by August 24th to be included on the ballot. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions on the election process. Next, item eight, adoption of updated building codes. Since 1989, the town has adopted the International Building Code Series, or ICODES, which establishes minimum requirements to protect public health and safety of building occupants. These codes govern all aspects of construction, including structural requirements, fire protection, mechanical, plumbing, energy conservation, and accessibility. These codes are updated every three years, and the 2018 iCode series is well established across the country as the current standard. 
Builders gen generally expect to be required to meet this standard for construction projects. Additionally, the National Electrical Code was updated this year. As such, we considered an ordinance to adopt both the 2018 International Building Code Series and the 2020 National Electrical Code. This quickly passed unanimously. Finally, we considered scope options for a new Waste Collection Services Agreement, which will go out as an RFP later this year. The town currently provides residential trash and recycling collection services to homes in Original Town, Sagamore, The Ridge, and Calamonte neighborhoods at a cost of $9.65 per home per month, which is passed through to the homeowner. The Rock Creek Waste Collection Contract is managed by the Rock Creek HOA and has different services. The town's current agreement includes weekly trash pickup and every other week recycling pickup, with 96-gallon containers provided for each. After a community survey by ACES, there was interest in potentially moving to recycling pickup every week and potentially adding an option for compost pickup, plus potentially offering some different bin sizes. ACES put together five different scope options to consider, and we sought to bring that down to two or three for the RFP. I suggested a good, better, best approach. Option one would be our current contract. Option two would be adding weekly recycling. And option three would be adding weekly recycling and compost. We also talked about potentially adding volume-based discounts and decided to add that as an ancillary question in the RFP. So for example, would you consider offering smaller bin size as an option, rather than trying to make it a full additional scenario in the RFP, which might discourage vendor response. However, our newly appointed ACES committee member, Mike Foster, spoke up in public comment that he's had experience in this area and that waste management companies are adept at dealing with multiple options. I was very grateful that Mr. Foster had this ex expertise and was proactive in speaking up. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this recap. I really hope it's helpful. Our board is always open to hearing your comments, questions, and concerns. You may always email your feedback to townboard at superiorcolorado.gov or to me specifically at lauras at superiorcolorado.gov. As a reminder, any messages sent to a government email are part of the public record and will have your name attached. If you feel the need to write in anonymously, you may always comment at the bottom of my blog post recaps. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.